Welcome to the Obey Podcast, where we see through mainstream narrative. No propaganda, no bullshit, just the truth. And now, here's your host, Matthew Keck. and welcome to another episode of the Obey Podcast. So today I kind of wanted to talk about what I see coming up in, I guess, the next couple quarters when we're thinking about economics and just some, I guess, things I'm seeing in the political realm and maybe how we should conceptualize things. So I I got the idea to kind of talk about this because I saw an article pop up that was kind of, it was from Bloomberg and it was about the stimulus package that Joe Biden's going to push for, and I found it interesting for, I guess, several reasons. And this was somewhat touched on in the the recent episode on the stimulus bill that passed, but it it goes a little bit further than that, so I want to dedicate some more time to to dig a little bit into it. So one thing that I hear a lot when I listen to Marketplace, which is a podcast by American Public Media that's hosted by um, Kai Rizdahl, it's kind of like an NPR-style podcast, um... It's in that same vein, and it's from generally that same angle. He he has a saying that the economy is the coronavirus, or it's the pandemic. And I think this is pretty much true. Um, I mean, I guess I would add a couple qualifications on it, because uh, every time I see these tweets that say, here's what coronavirus has done to, say, the service sector, I always think it should be actually, um, it should be rephrased as, here's what the government's response to the coronavirus has done to the service sector. Because in reality, there are these harsh mandates that keep a ton of businesses shut down or restrict them. And under a free market system, it isn't inherently true that people would necessarily be as afraid to go out to eat. And, and, and by, that, by that, I can I guess I would use to back up that claim Florida as an example, where a lot of Florida is open and they don't have a lot of arbitrary restrictions. They still have some, but not nearly as many as most other states. And look, everybody's going out to eat. People are you know, going to amusement parks, people are doing things in a, in a way that they at least perceive as relatively safe and the customers are, um, you know, f- feeling safe to do it. So even though they, they might have a lot of reduced traffic compared to 2019 and 2018, they aren't shutting down as as high rates as places like, you know, California or lockdown, um, you know, urban centers. So knowing that a lot of what's going on economically is tied directly to the economy, You'd think that that'd be like the number one indicator on what to think of the next couple quarters. Um, and then another piece of evidence that goes to that is when you look at the recent un- unemployment data, uh, the, a lot of people were expecting in the m- most recent jobs report that unemployment would go down. And the if you look at the jobs report, they expected the amount of people with jobs to increase. But what happened was the amount of people with jobs actually decreased, and most of this was attributed to the service sectors. So... All of this is essentially, you know, as I just said, it's showing that the lockdowns or any business restrictions related to the pandemic and the coronavirus are tying directly into, you know, economic outlook. So, of course, when we look at what Biden's plan is, Biden's plan is it's like several it's several things. But what what it comes down to is it comes down to a lot of state and local government bailouts. It comes to more two thousand dollar per person, you know, stimulus checks. 
Um, you're going to have relief for small businesses, and you're going to have um, you're going to have help on paying off like housing uh, type payments. And we, we talked about that a little bit when we talked about Ilhan Omar, um, her idea of suspending rent and mortgage payments. So so I think of these things, and um, I, I just find it fascinating because the, the idea of this, if you're arguing from like some sort of Keynesian perspective, is these things will keep demand up when people don't have money, right? So, so the idea here is a lot of people lost their jobs. Let's do things that either relieve certain costs or, or give them money, and that, that, that will essentially help the economy get back on its feet. Um, and then I even hear this like hyperbolic language come from people on like Bloomberg Radio, where, where they pretty much say that the economy can roll over and die any day now, and we need to keep it from dying. But, but here's, here's the thing. Right, right now, all these things that are happening are tied to business closures. So if you give everybody $2,000 and they go out and spend it, it doesn't actually cure the demand issues for restaurants. The reasons why restaurants have demand issues is because they can only do limited dining or no dining, and they can only do, like, takeout. So the, the demand issue isn't a problem of consumers not having the money necessarily. A lot of it is coming down to the experience isn't as valuable, or the experience has changed, or they don't want the experience that they're that the restaurants are legally allowed to offer. So by giving people money, you're not actually helping those sectors. So 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 what what, what does the government want to do instead? Well, the government wants to maybe give them targeted relief. Well, okay, you give them targeted relief, but they're not going to perform any better four months from now if the restrictions are still in place. At best, you're saying, guys, don't close down tomorrow but we'll actually have to bail you out again in a couple months because you're still going to be in the same situation if we don't change the lockdowns. So it's like a temporary, I mean, I guess relief would be the appropriate word, but it's kicking the can down the road when the bigger issue is recognizing the lockdowns are what has destroyed the business models of these companies. And that, that's not something that they want to see or really discuss in any, any tangible way. So yeah, you can give them this temporary relief, but unless you do it again um, at another high rate, then it doesn't really matter because you've you've essentially destroyed their business model. So they can't be profitable until you undo that, and no, none of them um, are talking about that. And, and this ties into something else I want to, I guess, allude to to some extent. And it's the idea that a lot of people were speculating going into this uh, 2020 contest that a lot of the corona, coronavirus restrictions would be, they, they, they would disappear the day after the election, right? So everything about lockdowns was to intentionally tank the economy so Trump wouldn't get reelected. Because the most important thing is making sure Trump doesn't get reelected. It doesn't matter if a bunch of people suffer, and this will get Biden into power, and then we can throw away everything about the coronavirus. But if, if, if it's true that there is some sort of, I guess, a leftist coordination between government and media, and it seems that a lot of what the media says leads to government action and vice versa, it seems like these lockdowns aren't going away anytime soon. And we, we, we heard all about this during the winter where it's like, oh no, people didn't listen, people wouldn't sell their family, that means we're going to get a spike. Anytime we get a spike, that, that's a call for lockdowns. Um, and, and you can really go in and you can look at all the numbers yourself and you can see that California is doing terribly on COVID even though they have all these legal restrictions. And then Florida, on the other hand, is doing better than California even though they have very, very few restrictions even though Florida has a much higher uh, average age. And, and such. So you can look at that. You, you could think about it. You can put your own critical analysis and explore other variables that could affect it. But that, uh, that, that's my, you know, in short interpretation of what's going on in, in one quick example. 
so so you could think about that um but in, instead uh so 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 instead of it disappearing overnight we're getting all these cues that they're going to double down on these lockdowns and like an example of this would be that the la times kind of rolled out a piece a month or so back that said something along the lines of it's great that you're going to get vaccinated but even though you're vaccinated we still need to social distance and wear masks because it's only 95 percent effective so you hear these things where it's like, okay, the vaccine will fix it all. But then you also hear similar people who are telling you, well, even though the vaccines works really well and you should definitely take it, we don't actually want to roll back any of these these changes. Um, so, so there are these things that, you know, where, where Biden's not willing to um, take national action off the table if, when he's been asked about it. So the, the, it looks to me like they are willing to double down, at least for the time being, on these restrictions. And that, that should be concerning when you think about the economics of it all. So, okay, so so what have we covered so far? The economy is really the coronavirus response. We have some cues that indicate that Biden is not likely to be nice on coronavirus. And, and, and the political case, too, is that I guess there's really no reason for Biden to be nice about the, you know, the coronavirus restrictions because there are, you know, the most... Um, the loudest, most devoted leftists think that if you're not taking this seriously, you're essentially a murderer. And it's very important to them that everybody make it their life goal to never, never interact with anybody again, and that you are a heinous person if you wish that businesses that you like were allowed to come back open. Like that, that, that is a, that, that, that's a grave uh, injustice that you want these things to change and go back to normal, and you just need to look forward and change. So I, it doesn't hurt Biden's base of support to be against lockdown. And if anything, after Trump, all these people really want is they want a paternal figure that is going to take care of them and promise them good things and say, we're going to go back to normal where government's going to take care of you and we're going to be serious and responsible and we're going to do what's best. And by acting responsible and conservative, it'd be easy for Biden to attach, you know, pro-lockdown messaging to those things or other regulations that would essentially stunt the growth of the economy and business. And, um, the, the media is much more sympathetic, generally, to le- uh, people from the left. So if the economy doesn't recover, well, they they, 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 they can go back to blame Donald Trump, right? It was Trump's fault for not stopping the coronavirus in March of 2020. So in the end, there are ways for them to diffuse responsibility so Biden isn't in trouble. And it's not like Biden's up for election again until 2024 if he doesn't expire before then. <laughs> so, so so, there's not a lot of reasons to think that it's really in Biden's interest to go out of his way to end lockdowns. Um, okay, so so we've clarified that. So now, now we, if we come back to the stimulus bill, there's no reason to think anything that a leftist would argue is pro-growth will actually be pro-growth given that businesses have these constrained business models. Even if the government gives you millions of dollars, if you look at your business model and think, well, I'm still burning money, so thank you for this money, but I know I'm already at a burning rate. I'm not going to hire on more people to burn it faster. Then they aren't going to hire people. And that's what you're seeing in everything involving the service sector. So that's going to be a huge problem. And if they do pass the bill, I I would expect Paul Krugman to think of um, some reasons to essentially say, well, this isn't supposed to be pro-growth. And um, so it doesn't matter that it didn't help growth. Uh, That's something that uh, I would expect. So so the big takeaway is you you need to remember this too, when they, the people who are big fans of, I guess, borrowing more money at low interest rates, they try to make the argument that interest rates are so low and that means we should be borrowing more money because our investments will pay off more in the future. 
but it's pretty clear that these investments aren't going to pay off with higher future growth. And this is kind of what they try to do if they do dynamic scoring with the Congressional Budget Office. They, they, they essentially try to say, no, our policy isn't as negative as, you know, but as deficit hawks like Thomas Massey want to make it sound. In reality, we're borrowing this extremely low interest rate. And what we're going to do is we're going to, these are all investments that pay off in growth. But these none, none of these investments are going to have any growth attached to them because they can't grow because of these other regulations that they kind of dodge and don't talk about. So keep all that in mind while we watch these policy discussions unfold, especially as you know new senators and new congressmen take over and once Biden takes office in the next month. Because these are going to, this is going to be the main, the main discussion point. And I, I assume something like this will get passed because, you know, with the death of the legislative filibuster, you're really going to have 50 people if, if Joe Manchin can get on board. And Joe Manchin is still a Democrat. And even though he's not as big on certain things, he's no fiscal hawk. So you'll at least get some of these policies rolled out. Um, and, and if anything, it's just going to keep things floating, but it's not going to lead to any growth. And the real thing that's keeping growth down is the lockdowns and the regulations. And if people were just allowed to essentially operate like they are in Florida, where if you want to stay home, you can stay home. And if you don't want to stay home, you can go out to a restaurant. And you know what? Most restaurants still tell you to wear a mask. And you know what? We're not seeing huge spikes in Florida. But places that are urban centers like New York and Philadelphia are going the opposite direction. And it doesn't look like they're reverting anytime soon. And that's why I wouldn't bank on their economies bouncing back the way that some people hope they are. So, yep, I, I understand that was a little rehash of the last economics uh, episode we did, but seeing that, seeing Joe Biden's plan kind of laid out, I, I just wanted to give another couple minutes to it because I, I think this is going to get fleshed out in the media a lot, especially in the two, the in the couple weeks following Joe Biden. So once he takes office, this is going to be coming up within a couple of weeks. He's going to talk about how this is urgent, and Nancy Pelosi is going to say it's urgent that we get this passed. And this is going to be like the first legislative um, thing that they decide is mandated by the people. And this is what they're going to try to say you are you were begging for and asking for, and that America wanted with Biden winning. Um, so it's all bad news. <laughs> this, this isn't a particularly optimistic um, episode, but I expect all this to to, to come full circle in the next few weeks. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed my, my, my brief breakdown, um, and I hope you guys enjoy my analysis in general. You can find more episodes in the backlog and just keep tuning in as I uh, talk more about the political events, and I am going to be doing an episode on the, um, the, 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 the I, I, I guess it might be an understatement to some to call it just the recent events at the Capitol building, but I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more, I'm going to talk about that in detail um, in an upcoming episode, so stay tuned for that. Thank you guys. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher or share the podcast with a friend. You can find out more information about the Obey Podcast at anchor.fm slash Obey Podcast or on Twitter at The Obey Podcast. Until next time. Next time.